Welcome to the Straight Talk on Fleet podcast with Aaron Gilchrist. Each week, Aaron will be breaking down fleet management, trying to cut through the noise and get down to the real issues safety and operations leaders are struggling with every day. The goal will be to get to the bottom of how leaders can break down these silos of information, accelerate change management, how to use real-time accurate data to drive massive efficiencies across fleet-focused business processes, and to elevate people's careers with emerging best practices. Now it's time for the Straight Talk on Fleet. Hello again, Fleet community. We're back for the fifth episode of the Straight Talk on Fleet. I'm Erin Gilchrist-Drug. I'm the VP of Fleet Evangelism at IntelliShift. On this podcast, I'll be your objective and reliable source of information for the fleet ecosystem based on real experience that comes from managing an enterprise fleet for over 15 years. We know that fleet management's hard, so we're going to break it down fleet manager style with a focus on everything from driver behavior and compliance to getting more from our internal and our external partners, as well as our data. So on today's podcast, I'll be tackling project and change management, right? Big topic, right? I'll be sharing my philosophy on this popular topic, as well as digging into some elements of the process fleet managers could take when they're trying to influence, be influencers in their organizations. So when fleet managers like us, are charged with solving for fleet and enterprise size problems, we look to the industry, our peers, supplier partners for advice, for different options. We attend trade shows. We look at demos and technology. We do a lot of research and we spend a lot of time. But then once we narrow that playing field to a few good players, the project management process that follows can be daunting on a good day, right? So how does it look in the current state for most of us, right? So fleet managers are often left to wear many, many hats when it comes to being the thought leaders and change agents and project managers for our organization. So what's wrong with that? Well, I mean, I kind of think it's out of order because when I think about our role as fleet managers, we do, again, a lot day to day. We're in tactics. We're in strategic mode. So before we can do all of these things that it takes to create that change in our org, We kind of need a team behind us. Um, So we're going to dig into that a little bit more later. But just going back to some of the roles that we play in this whole change management, project management arena. So I guess, you know, again, we, we identify something that's wrong. We find some great solutions. And then we find ourselves being the project and implementation managers. We're the maybe communication specialist and content writers, we're policy drivers. We are charged with being that influencer in our organization. We could even play the role of analyst. And then on top of all that, we're like the people behavior changers, right? (laughs) That's a lot of things. And I think that while many of us possess these skills to do all of these things, it doesn't mean we should have to do all these things. So again, I guess this is what's wrong in my mind with the current state for many fleet managers out there. So change management, in my opinion, is there should be a shared responsibility between us as the fleet manager and our supplier partners for the the affected departments within our organization. That should be kind of everyone's responsibility because, you know, think about what we're doing. We are driving change around really important things like people's safety. Everyone should be a part of that. So no matter the size of your organization, there's definitely a more holistic approach that might help you like seal the deal the first time around instead of maybe all of the hoops that you have to jump through today to get things done. Things that you know are important 
like driver safety. So let's dig into some best practices. You know, if you're, you're watching or listening, I mean, join the conversation, chime in, share what works for you, maybe what's worked, what hasn't worked and why. Um, I'd love to hear for you, from you as we, we talk through what a successful project management or change management strategy might look like for you for us as fleet managers. So again, thinking about moving to a more holistic process that you can follow for success. So the first thing is really about thoroughly defining the challenge that you need to solve. It can be a variety of things we run into day to day, but we know that those big programs and projects are around safety and around risks that are posed by all the miles we drive. Maybe it's around our fuel program that's not currently working for us, whatever it is, define those challenges that you need to solve. What are the pain points? What are the problems? What are the trends? Okay, that's the first step. And likely, you know partners in the industry, again, that can help you solve some of these problems. So recognizing that this greater community of, of fleet has always been there to help you. But let's look inside, inside of our organizations and recognize that inside of your organization, you are not alone in this. So I think the first step is asking that potential supplier partner or partners that you might have already identified to help solve that problem, help them create a value proposition that you can use to leverage and tee up this initial communication to these decision makers inside of your organization. And we'll talk about who they are in a second. But your initial communication should include a few key elements. So at least one customer testimonial, if not more. Some ROI data around the success someone else had using what you're proposing. And then it should also include a pilot proposal. And again, we can dig into pilots for a long time, the benefit, how you do the best pilot. We'll talk a little bit about that today, but I think the key thing about pilots is asking that potential partner um, how you can do a no risk, no cost pilot, right? You're the, you're the customer, you're the potential customer. So in my opinion, these pilots should have little or no financial impact on your business. So think about ways to incorporate any potential cost for that pilot, maybe into future implementation if you're successful, or look at maybe work with those potential suppliers and say, okay, let's look at how we how successful we might be on this pilot and let's negotiate the cost. And so if we have X percentage of success, maybe there's no cost. If it's sort of the minimum viable outcome, then we look to, okay, we know if we expand this, we're going to have greater success. So then start to talk about how you could, again, bake in the cost of the pilot into the future full implementation based on the success level, if that makes sense. So again, there's lots of creative ways to do that. But again, I really feel like if you're willing to take a risk with someone to implement a pilot, then they should be part of that risk. So really push the envelope there with any potential partners. Again, so good ROI data, at least one customer or more testimonials and a pilot proposal. So, okay, let's expand on the initial communication package. The goal here is to keep it simple and pointed. 
right? And this layout should kind of look like this. So it starts with an opening statement about what you're trying to solve for, what you identified as the issue, how it's impacted your business so far, and how you think it will continue to impact your business in the future. And then an overview of the new tech or program process, whatever that you're proposing and how it's been proven to work, sort of what we just talked about. And then a brief explanation of the expected outcomes achieved like post-adoption. Like if we do this, here's what we can expect to see in the future. Again, a high level ROI statistics based on these value propositions from your pilot partners. And you know, let me stop there because I think one thing that I'm leaving out here is when you're developing that ROI, it's either an ROI that someone else has achieved or any data that you can share, you're allowed to share with this potential partner or partners out ahead of time about your fleet, where they could actually do some work ahead of time to say, this is the results. These are the results you might see in your own fleet based on some high level data sharing. I mean, that would be even better, right? If it was sort of Here's what could actually be achieved in our own fleet, even before you do a pilot. So that's kind of another interesting way to think about it. And then including highlights from that one pager from the supplier about the tech. So briefly describing how the tech works or the process or program works. And then I think the next big step that will make or break your success is booking if you can, I mean, in this environment, it's getting a little easier now, but booking an in-person meeting or even like a Zoom where you can see everyone's faces, they can see yours, body languages, everything. Book an in-person meeting with these key players and decision makers inside of your organization when you're ready to present. So let's talk about decision makers. I think about um, some of the pilots and processes and programs that I initiated um, when I was a fleet manager and the key partners that I identified were risk. So I don't know, it looks different in different organizations, but maybe that's um, enterprise risk and safety or your risk and compliance group, your finance group, field operations, those key players in um, field ops, they're likely your customer procurement. They're going to help make that buying decision and, and be part of the negotiation phase, I'm sure. Human resources or, you know, uh, people, people, whatever you call that in your org, um, certainly IT. And and I when I think about IT, I remember having a lot of opportunities to introduce new layers to our tech stack when I was running a fleet and really not having a lot of great success integrating the IT team into these conversations. So kind of something I wish I could go back and, and do differently. So certainly IT, because they understand all these interfaces and how, and I'll keep referring to tech because I just feel like, you know, at this point, yes, processes are really important, you know, inspections and all of these day-to-day -day things are super critical, but the absence of tech in any fleet right now is is for me sort of not fathomable. So again, I think these key partners are going to be field ops, risk, fleet, finance, safety, procurement, HR, IT. Okay. So let's talk about the roles that some of those departments can play. I mean, some are super obvious. I talked a little bit about procurement and IT, but human resources is a big one. I mean, they can help you socialize your messaging. So once you've uh, potentially conducted a successful pilot and you're ready to move forward, think about them 
um, in your hip pocket as being that content writer. Maybe you were always that person. They should be that person. They should be writing that content, how your organization likes to hear it, how your drivers might best receive it. So a great reason to have HR in there. And they can also help you realize maybe some of the things that you didn't think about in the socialization of something new. And another uh, partner that I left out is legal. Really having legal in there to just listen and, and understand and digest what you're trying to do just to make sure there aren't any implications that you want to tackle at ahead of time so that you can have smooth sailing once you get rolling on your new program. Okay. So again, if you can tee it up, right, you're essentially building your internal team around you for this project change management engine, right? And all the things you want to accomplish with this particular project and everything you want to do in the future. So Think about this world, this place where you have this team of advocates who are invested and have a vested interest in the success of the fleet. And they're coming together with you every time to influence the C-suite with you at the helm. So hero, you want to be a hero? That's the way to do it, right? Build this great team around you. Um, and the best way to do that is, again, having those knocking those initial pieces out of the park with good data, good information, and lean on those supplier partners. They want to do business with you. So put them to work and build a great story as you get those um, key partners together. So then what's next is um, gearing up for your pilot. I mean, depending on what you're solving for, think about like the markets and regions with the greatest potential for improvement. And I think I say that because you know, let's find your, your biggest problem. I mean, you've likely already identified them and that's why you're doing whatever you're doing. So grab that store location or those 10 or 20 drivers or whatever, just based on your fleet size and how you can make an impact with your pilot, grab those highest improvement areas and target them. And you know what? Their leadership will be more likely to get on board because they want to cut costs and they want to stop having accidents and they want to improve their bottom line because that's what the field operations leaders are being evaluated for. You know, that's their bread and butter. So you're showing them that you can help them increase safety and reduce costs. So they're going to be, they're going to be on board with you. So grab that group, vet your choices and re uh, reasoning with those leaders in that area Develop communications to keep all the stakeholders informed and on board during the pilot. Create pilot team roles and responsibilities. That is just really an important part with you being the leader. And then when you promise that you're going to talk to them early and often about what's happening, that you do that. Identify those success metrics and how they'll be how they'll be measured, how you'll share them, you know, during the time frame. So if you're doing a 30-day pilot, obviously weekly. Um, would be the minimum. You would want to be reaching out and touching those pilot participants and making sure that everything's going well. And then think about your core team, as we talked about, and how once they're on board with what you're proposing, they can help you roll out the, the project and future projects. So keeping them in mind during the pilot, keeping them informed on how things are going, and certainly the, the pilot partners, which is whatever um, drivers and, and managers that you've included. Again, communicate early and often on these pilot results. I think what that does is it gives the organization a taste of what it will be like to work with you. 
and your new core team. And when it's time to roll it out to the rest of the fleet, they'll already be looking at you like, wow, I can trust this person. They are communicative. They are organized. You know, again, it just gives them that taste of how you do business and what they can expect when you're ready to roll this thing full bore um, out into the org. So, okay, what if the pilot fails? You know, I think identifying what's wrong right out of the gate, I think more than likely, it's not that it wasn't the right thing. Because think about you. Think about us as fleet managers. We've, We've been doing this. We know what we're doing. We've probably identified something great or several options that are good and viable. So, you know, hopefully early on in the pilot, you might identify these things and think, what could we have done a little bit different? Maybe user error or connectivity issues or some of these things that you can iron out and start again, either with the same group or with maybe expanded a little bit. So evaluate where in the process things failed and try to begin again using the same methodology. Don't give up. And then after what happens after you have a successful pilot, I think creating that final pilot report and ROI, right, should be pretty easy because of the pre-work that you've done. And then you've been communicating all along. So it's about gathering that team and especially the people who are trying to do business with you, those supplier partners and saying, okay, wrap this up for me nice and tight with a bow on it, right? They should be providing you with everything you need to go back to your organization and say, okay, remember when we talked about this a month or six or eight weeks ago, here's what we accomplished. Again, they should already know because you've been sharing, you know, sort of weekly updates to them, but going back at them you know, leaning on those partners to create this final pilot report and return on investment analysis. And then, you know, what happens when you want to roll? I mean, that's a rinse and repeat thing, right? Think about all the work that you did to build that right team or to identify that problem first and find that those solutions and develop that initial communication and bring those right players together. You're going to do the same thing all over again when you're ready to roll it to the larger organization. But now, what do you have now that you didn't before? You know, now you have this internal and external team at your side to help you present to the executive team, the C-suite, whatever. And this demonstrates to everyone that you've been inclusive and thoughtful all along. It's going to build trust and confidence in you and your team and your work style. You know, we talked a couple of podcasts ago about sustainability, and we talked about sustaining ourselves as professionals and how do we stay relevant? How we how do we build trust with people in our organization? How do we um, not have to continue to prove ourselves every time we move from rolling up to finance, or maybe we roll up to ops, or there's some organizational change and we fall under procurement. Speak from personal experience, having to prove yourself all over again is, is no fun and it's not fair. So I think when you develop this team around you and you demonstrate that you've been inclusive and insightful and thoughtful, that those moves that are likely to happen won't feel so painful because the organization will start to look to you as this, you know, thought leader, this change manager. But again, you're not doing it alone, right? You will develop this process that works and can be used 
over and over again, whatever you're trying to accomplish. So good stuff. So let's recap a little bit. So we identify problems that need to be solved. We, we say to ourselves that we are not alone because you are not alone. Developing the initial communication, you know, lots of, lots of pieces and parts to that, but that is sort of the stage setter. Bringing together the key players and decision makers, um, giving them a voice, and they're going to help you all the way through. They're going to be your buddies, your pals, and your advocates. Conduct a pilot. Communicate early and often on pilot results. Prepare for that next level meeting by using the sound methodology you've just created. Seal the deal, right? Get moving. Be the hero in your organization. You know, again, I think that there's lots of different ways to approach things, but those are some key elements that have worked for me and some things that I introduced today that I I wish I'd have done and I would have had more success getting things moved through the organization quicker. Because when we're talking about tech stack and driver safety, AI video cams and all these things, big data analytics, all these things are so critical to organizations right now. We really don't have time to wait around for the slow engine that our organization might operate under. So if we use these tools And methodologies, maybe we can get things moving quicker because what we have to say and what we want to do is mission critical for our organizations. So that's it for today on change and project management, but so so much more to talk about along these lines. So I do look forward to hearing from you on what's worked and hasn't worked for you as a fleet leader and, you know, how we can elevate our careers inside and outside of our organizations through sound methods of operation. And remember, and I, I know I always say this, but data is our best friend and it doesn't lie. So make sure you have those right partners to bring your visions to life through data analytics, storytelling, and fleet intelligence tools that can continue to grow with you as you go. So if you found this content helpful today, share it with your community Like and subscribe wherever you go to get your favorite content. And until next time, keep it real, keep it safe for fleet's sake. Thanks so much for listening today.